Reflecting on Reflection with Mara Brenner. This podcast is funded by Federal Part C of IDEA funds as part of the American Rescue Plan Act. Can you begin by explaining what reflective practice is? Sure. Uh, I, reflective practice is literally the practice of reflecting. That's what it is. And people use this term of reflective practice in a lot of different ways. And so when we're talking about this in terms of reflective practice and supervision, what we're really talking about is reflecting on ourselves in the context of our work. And so it might also be a a type of reflection where you might think to yourself, did that intervention go okay? Uh, what do I need to do next with this family? But when we're talking about it with this lens, what we're talking about is really looking at ourselves and what comes up for us in our work. So what it might feel like to be in the presence of a family who's struggling, what it might feel like uh, to not know what to do. And it's really about sort of looking at ourselves in the context of the work. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like having your mind in two places. You're, you're paying attention to what you're doing in the moment, and you're also kind of hovering at, uh, above and, and kind of um, thinking about, oh, what's going on inside of me? Or what's happening here? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And there are actually two kinds of uh, reflective practice or, or reflection that uh, we talk about in infant mental health. And one is reflection in action and reflection on action. And okay. so what, what you're talking about in terms of watching ourselves uh, do the work and what comes up for ourselves in the work, that's uh, reflection in action. So mm -hmm. I'm in the moment with the family and I'm really aware that I'm starting to feel flustered or overwhelmed, then I'm reflecting in action. Okay. And then reflecting, reflecting on action is actually when we go to our supervisor or to a colleague and we actually talk about an experience that we had. Went into this um, situation with the family and I got really overwhelmed and flooded and I couldn't think clearly. We're reflecting on something. And so we use those two uh, terms for people to uh, use reflective practice in a couple different ways. Okay, so reflective reflection in action is in the moment when you're working with a family. Reflection on action is like after the fact where you look back on that time, let's say, with the family. Exactly, exactly. And that's a piece of what we do in reflective supervision. Which leads me to my next question. Um, what is reflective supervision? So reflective supervision is really the process of examining what comes up for us, our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, our reactions uh, during the work. So I just gave a couple of examples, but it's an opportunity to talk with somebody else about the fact that I got overwhelmed when I walked into this family, uh, that this uh, there's a situation I'm in the presence of and I feel um, triggered. I feel um, irritated. I feel frustrated. Um, and in reflective supervision, there's a space for us to look at what comes up and to be able to understand where that comes from and then maybe think about what I need to do differently when I go into that particular home or in other uh, situations and reflective supervision. I, I, I want to say also, 
you know, we bring ourselves to everything we do. So reflective supervision may be about walking into a family's home. It may be a situation with the baby. It could also be uh, with our colleagues in our work, right? It's really looking at what comes up for us when we are in the, our work world. Mm -hmm. So kind of sounds like, you know, taking the time to um, pause and um, look back on our work rather than just kind of rushing from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and never really stopping to say, hey, what happened there? Exactly. Yeah. And that's actually what's required, uh, Joe, in reflective supervision mm -hmm. is to slow down. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the, the aspects of uh, reflection that's really challenging for a lot of people because of what you just described is we just, mm -hmm. we have a million things to do. We've got another situation to attend to. We've got paperwork to fill out. We've got another phone call to make. And people feel like there's, I, I, I can't slow down. I don't have the time. Mm -hmm. And what we know in, in uh, engaging in reflective supervision is that when we do slow down, it is actually helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, it helps us make decisions that are actually thoughtful versus being on autopilot and just going through the motions. This right, is the right. intervention yeah. that I always do. So I'm going to do this intervention. It's like, well, wait a minute. That didn't feel right. right. Why didn't that feel right? Well, because that, yeah, that reflect reflexive kind of response isn't always the best response at the moment. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I, you know, for me, I talk about this a lot when I talk about reflective supervision is that I really want uh, uh, providers, uh, supervisors, anybody who's doing this work to get off of autopilot. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, for me, it's what it means to be mindful. You know, mindful means being aware of the present moment. And that's part of what's required to do mm -hmm. really effective work. We would, could be effective doing autopilot. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, many of us operate that way and are, are quite successful. This brings another level of effectiveness to the mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, following up on that, um, what, why do we do this in the work? In what way uh, does reflection, what does it have to do with serving families? I think you've kind of gotten at this, but uh, more specific, you know, why is it important? What, you know, maybe you expand on that. Sure, sure. Um, uh, as human beings, we bring who we are to all of our interactions. We bring our past experiences, our beliefs, um, our values, our cultural backgrounds, and that helps us interpret situations. And so it is not uncommon, and maybe you've had this experience yourself, where you know there's a situation and three different people are interpreting it and they interpret it three different ways. And so we're interpreting it based on our own lens, our own perspective. Mm -hmm. And for some of us, we come to the work with all kinds of um, and I, judgments. And I use this term uh, not as a negative term. It, it is just what happens. We make a judgment about a situation mm -hmm. that it's either good or bad or um, and, and so we come to situations and we make judgments. You know, mm -hmm. we walk into a home that is dirty. The first thing we think of is, oh, this is dirty, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, or I've been providing intervention for this family and they haven't done anything that I've, I've um, suggested. Mm -hmm. And we have a judgment about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so 
engaging in reflective practice with the supervisor allows us to be able to shift perspective. Yeah. Right. And and so this family hasn't done an intervention or hasn't practiced any of the interventions I've provided. Doesn't make them bad parents. I put in quotation marks. It. I want to understand what uh, is keeping them from being able to do the intervention. Am I not being clear? Is it an intervention that isn't actually doable for them? Mm -hmm. Uh, the house is dirty. That's a problem for me. It's not a problem for them. As long as the child is safe, right? Mm -hmm. You know, where is the the interpretation coming from, mm -hmm. so that we can actually be of service to the family? Does it does that make sense, Joe? Yeah, I think you make a critical uh, point here in that when we rest the judgment, we kind of say to ourselves, "Oh, I know what's going on here," and mm -hmm. we can go down that road of, "Oh, the house is dirty." That means this is an unfit parent. That means this, you know, parent might lose it. You know, we, we start going down that road. And what you described was it, trying to stay neutral and get more information. Okay, I'm observing the house is dirty, but let me find out more about that before yes. I make a judgment about that, which, you know, could be wrong. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to jump in here to say this, this piece that I feel like fits right here, which is what's required in reflective practice and in reflective supervision is to be curious, which is what you just described. Mm, say more about that. So uh, you just said this, this house is dirty. Instead of jumping to the conclusion that that means this parent is, not, is a quote unquote unfit parent, it is really try, uh, wondering what this is about wanting to find out more that's about being that's being curious right. and how we're curious is by using this process of inquiry mm -hmm. right a lot of us use these terms open-ended questions right and so instead of saying and and i we're using an example that nobody would actually do nobody would say to a family your house is dirty why is your house dirty right mm -hmm. like that's right. not how we would do the work but i may be noticing that the house is dirty and so i might ask you know tell me a little bit about how your day goes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right because i want to know what this parent is uh what their life is like and mm -hmm. once i start to ask these questions and, and and so how is your morning which is the hardest part of your day i might get an understanding that the cleaning happens at two o'clock mm. which which is when the baby is crying the most right right and so i understand now that cleaning happens at a very stressful time mm -hmm. and so by being curious and asking questions i have more information that helps me understand what's actually happening versus what i think is happening right right well i could see how that would really benefit a relationship because if you make the judgment right off the bat and make assumptions you're going to start to feel different about that parent and that's going to kind of come out in in that your time together which would you know maybe cause some discomfort on the parent side but what you're describing is this kind of blank slate approach mm -hmm. where it's like i see something but i don't really know let me be mm -hmm. curious let me inquire get more information so there's this neutrality there that you're describing. Exactly, exactly. And then the piece that you, you sort of highlighted is that we're watching ourselves in the moment of what's mm -hmm. happening, you know, this, this idea of reflection in action mm -hmm. is that sometimes we can't be curious in the moment because we're triggered, mm -hmm. right? And so part of what reflective practice asks us to do is just to notice what's happening. 
right? Yeah. I might not be able to be curious about the fact that um, uh, this family is telling me that there's drug use in the family because I'm so triggered by it, right? Can you can you describe um, uh, what triggered triggered is? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. So triggered really means that. Uh, it's actually often a physiological feeling, but somebody does or says something that we have a reaction to. That's what being triggered is. Uh, we use a lot of different terms, triggered, activated. Um, other people might just say, go right to, I'm annoyed or frustrated. Mm. Right? So it's so really- Emotions are involved. Emotions are involved and it tends to also be physiological. So depending on how you- attend to your own reactions or thoughts, mm -hmm. uh, you pay attention to that. So sometimes for me, when I get really anxious, I don't think I'm feeling anxious. I have a pit in my stomach, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And or maybe your heart starts racing. You feel or somebody like... else's heart might be racing. Yeah. Or when somebody feels overwhelmed, they might get, you know, their mind goes blank, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, they might not be able to access the feeling of I'm overwhelmed, but they notice that they can't think clearly in mm -hmm. that moment. They go white, right? Um, and so that's what I mean uh, when we're triggered. For a lot of people, they just sort of stop in their tracks. Somebody says or does something and people are like, I don't know what to say in response to that, right? Could, could you give a, an example of, of that piece with maybe working with the family? What would it look like? Sure. Um, so... Are there are a couple of situations that pop into my head. You know, one uh, that I think of is around drugs and alcohol use, is that a family might be telling a story about what's been going on in the family and it, describing some drug use and, and the provider, the, the um, service provider might feel concern, overwhelm, anxiety, worry uh, about this, family and the impact on the, on the baby that this family is using some substances. And so in that moment, they might go whiteboard of like, I don't know what to say, right? Mm. Like uh, I'm overwhelmed by this particular piece of information because my work here is just to help this child mm. with mobility mm -hmm. or, you know, some, some language piece. And so the, the personal stuff feels somewhat overwhelming. Mm. Another example I think of is that there are many of us who walk into families' homes where what's happening in the in the in the home is very similar to what happened in our own homes when we were growing up. Okay. Right. There might be an authoritarian father and a very passive mother, and that reminds us of our own experiences growing up. And so mm -hmm. we might either shut down or we might be reactive in the moment. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. And these are all things that are happening in the moment. And you get back to what you said earlier about the need for mindfulness in the moment, it's it's kind of a process of, uh, you know, being with that parent and then stopping, oh, wow, and realizing that, yeah, that reminds me of my father, and that's why my heart's racing, and, and, and what do you do in that moment, too? Let's say your heart is racing. Okay, we already said we don't judge, we don't rush to judgment, um, but what do you do in that moment? Well, I would back up and say we actually, uh, as humans, tend to rush to judgment. I think that's what happens automatically mm -hmm. is that we have a reaction based on our belief systems. Okay. And so I want people to get that that's human, right? Yeah. It's not like, don't do that. It's noticing that that is happening. 
Yeah, right? can't control it. That happens. Automatic thoughts, automatic reaction. Yes. And so the first thing is to notice is like, oh my gosh, I'm having a judgment. You know, uh, this is a situation that I have some opinions about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a couple of things I would suggest at this moment, which is part of our ongoing conversation, is that this might be something that gets brought to our supervisor. Mm. Because in the moment, we might not know what to do. Right. Right. And so in the moment, um, you know this one, Joe, I can't remember who says this. Don't, uh, uh, don't do something, just stand there. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember this one? And yeah, so, don't just do something, stand there. <laughs> and so when we're unsure, mm-hmm. then the, instead of being critical towards another person, it's more effective to just uh, not do something, mm-hmm. right? Because we can always come back to it. Right. We could, unless, of course, we're talking about safety. Right. And then right. we absolutely have to do something. Yeah. But when we're talking about our own reactions, yeah. um, uh, uh, sometimes it's helpful not to do anything and then to bring that to reflective supervision yeah. and say, I was in this situation and I got so, here's another word, flooded, overwhelmed, right? Yeah. Triggered, activated. Um, and I actually didn't know what to do. And a good reflective supervisor might say, and so what did you do? Mm-hmm. And the super the person who's being supervised would say, I did nothing. Yeah. Right. And it's like, great. Okay, good. And so through the work of the the relationship of reflective supervision, you might get a better idea of what to do in that moment, Joe. Mm. Right. When you so go that back. the next yeah. time you go back, yeah. you are more uh, grounded, clear, prepared, so that you can be uh, as present as possible with this family. Right. And, and when yes, you said it's required in our work. Right. And when you said in the moment, I, I did nothing. What you're referring to is I didn't jump in and try to fix it. I didn't say something judgmental. I yes. continued to stay focused, <clears throat> engage with the family and listen. And another thing that we can sometimes do is uh, we talk about uh, using inquiry as intervention. So it might even be just a simple uh, question like, can you say more about that? Yes. And I think those are things that happen through support of reflective supervision so that you actually have some strategies mm-hmm. to then be more curious, mm-hmm. right? I mean, some of us are naturally curious. Some of us are really comfortable with open-ended questions. Mm-hmm. Some of us are really comfortable being uncomfortable you mm-hmm. know, with what comes up for us. And not everybody is. And so again, that's where I think reflective supervision helps us build the skills to be able to attend to those situations with curiosity and inquiry. That's great. Um, Let's let's hold it there and we'll continue this uh, conversation in our next session. Great, thank you, Joe. Okay, thanks, Mark.